When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time for kickoff. Kickoff. First in the end zone. Touchdown! With Boomer Asiason and Mike Valenti. All right, and away we go, people. A little off week, a little bye week here in like week 20-something. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great. I finally thought out from our uh, NFL Today show at uh, Arrowhead. It was freezing, Mike. I got to tell you, the wind was whipping. And when you're standing down on that field and you're not playing and you're not able to sit on a heated bench, uh, it it gets kind of uh, very – well, actually, it gets very uncomfortable. But I have to say, being there real time and listening to the fans and being a part of something like that is really truly a privilege. And Arrowhead is a you know one-of-a-kind place that uh, seems like we're going to be there a lot over the next 10 years. Yeah, there's also, you know, that's a stark reminder how dumb the idea is, even the mention it is, of neutral site championship games. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, like, if you're if you're Jerry Jones, like I think we talked about this last week, if you're Jerry Jones and the Cowboys finally make it to an NFC championship game and you're going to take your team to Atlanta yeah. uh, at some sort of, uh, you know, neutral site game, no way. You want your no fans shot. to celebrate and to support their team, much like the, uh, the Chief fans did on Sunday. So let's do this. Let's start out with the early slate, and then we'll get to the KC-Cincy game because I think that's the one you and I are going to focus on more. Look, the early game, I feel terrible saying it. Boomer, I don't know what to take away based on that was outer space, what happened to the Niners. Already on a third-string quarterback, lose Brock Purdy, lose the backup. They're, they're full wildcat like it's 1953. I had a hard time taking a lot out of it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. You could take Hassan Reddick <laughs> and say, yeah, man, yeah. what a first half he had. I mean, he was all over the field. And, you know, I know a lot of people were saying, like, how are you blocking tight ends with, you know, uh, on, on defensive ends and edge rushers like a Hassan Reddick? You know, what that shows me is that Kyle Shanahan was trying to block seven men. He was trying to make it easy for Brock Purdy. He was yeah. trying to make it, you know, so he could just drop back and just let it go. But you, you, you are definitely getting yourself in a mismatch type of situation. And a lot of times when you're doing stuff like that, people will bring in an extra offensive lineman, line him up as a, uh, a, a you know, an ineligible, you know, receiver at tight end and ask him to do the blocking. But then all of a sudden you're taking all the guessing game out of the, uh, the, the pass game for the Philadelphia Eagle defense. If you do that. So it was really unfortunate. I mean, and I knew as soon as he got hit that this thing, uh, was bad. And, you know, it was lucky when I was thinking about this that Josh Allen had the same type of hit against the Jets, and he was lucky he did not tear his UCL. Yeah. And as we found out on Monday morning, you know, Brock's going to have major surgery. And that game was over the moment that he got hurt because, you know, there's no way that Josh Johnson's going to be able to play. And then he gets hurt. And then I do give Purdy a lot of credit for going back in there because that arm and that elbow just had to be so painful. And I'm sure that there were shock waves going through it. Yeah, well, and, and here's the other thing, and I don't – look, I like the Eagles going into the game. I, I Whether Purdy plays or not, clearly it's a more competitive game. But, Boomer, the way that the Eagles played, and specific to the ground game, and the way Lane Johnson – Lane Johnson was incredible, playing with a torn abductor, at least that's what's reported. His work against Bosa, that line – because 
Hertz wasn't very good throwing it, but they just lined up and smashed. And I mean, I, I do wonder whether San Francisco would have had an answer. Like it just they, basically the Eagles look like Alabama in their prime. You're going to eat pizza today, whether you want pizza or not. That's right. And and you're saying that Jalen Hurts didn't have to do much. I mean, he was 15 to 25 for 121 yards, but. You know, when you're dominating the opposing team and the opposing team loses their starting quarterback and then loses the backup to the third-string quarterback, now all of a sudden, you know, it, you, you get the route is on. I mean, they had no chance offensively, San Francisco. And, you know, Nick Suriani just said, you know what, we're just, we don't have to really do much. Our defense is right. going to control this entire game. And now, however, going into Super Bowl 57 against a quarterback that is superhuman and who normally puts up 30 points – can they do to Kansas City what Tampa Bay did to Kansas City a few years back in Tampa Bay for that Super Bowl? That will be the that will be the question moving forward that we'll get into next week. Yeah, and, and you know, as far as Hertz goes, look, I think lightly touching on the Super Bowl, and we'll do our first looks next segment. Is look, my my sole concern with Philly is going to be Jalen Hurts throwing the ball, and part of it is I can't, you know, Boomer. We've talked about it for weeks now. There's no way to prove or disprove what's going on in that shoulder, but he just hasn't looked the same throwing it. Now, here's the other side. What could you take out of a game against the Giants that they were just so superior in? He didn't have to do a lot. Then you go in this game. All right, every quarterback dies. Well, didn't have to do a lot. So maybe, maybe he's in better shape than we think. Or maybe this is just what it's going to be, and they're going to have to reformulate who they are, which is we're going to line up and smash. Well, I don't know. What's your take on it? Well, my take is that the Eagles have been great in the first half pretty much the entire season, especially mm. with him when he was playing at his best in the middle of the season. Remember, another two weeks off, uh, give that uh, collarbone area uh, a little bit more rest, and i, I got to believe that he is going to be 100%. I mean, totally 100%. And then the question will be whether or not Patrick Mahomes will be 100% coming off of that ankle injury because even though he played well and he had big numbers against Cincinnati, I, I you know I still think that he was somewhat compromised. And even though he made the nice run at the end and got the penalty at the end of the run that gave them the opportunity to kick the game-winning field goal, I, I he was he's so good and he's so great uh, that I think that Jalen Hurts is going to have to match points in this game. It's not going to be like the previous two games. I, I can't remember a team that has gone into the playoffs uh, so significantly uh, the way the Eagles have in their first two playoff games this year. Yeah. No, and and again, just for an, an early little note, I mean, the total's been posted. It was out 49-and-a-half. It's now approaching going to 51. So it's moving and grooving. And that's a big total for a Super Bowl. So you're, you're, you're right on with where the market thinks the game's going to be. Let's go to Chiefs-Bengals, 23-20. Um, I mean, it was just, as a fan, it was an absolute classic. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch. Um, I wanted to get your take first on Mahomes. Um, look, we all know the ankle. I thought it was incredibly gutty. You heard, you know, his game time approach. I think you guys talked about it on your pregame as well. Four or five hours of treatment a day. He battled, man. And, I mean, look straight up, he outplayed Burrow. And he did it damn near on one leg. I, I just couldn't be more impressed. It was almost like him reminding the world, hey, I'm still here, guys. <laughs> like I'm, I'm here. Yep. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah, and they only scored 23 points. And they did not score a touchdown in the fourth yep. quarter again against Lou Anarumo's defense. That's four games in a row where they haven't been able to score a lot of points. I mean, and we knew this was going to be a close game because they always play post uh, close games. 
And you would think with these two quarterbacks that are playing, I thought it was going to be a higher, much higher scoring game than it ended up turning out to be. But like I said, the weather wasn't conducive for a big offensive explosion. And really where I missed in this game is I thought the Bengals wide receivers were going to be able to dominate the game against a very young secondary. Three rookies back there, and Sneed gets hurt early in the game. Yeah, And I'm thinking, all right, let's go, man. We could start throwing here. The problem is, and I told you this last week, that it they are different than the Buffalo Bills in the fact that they have a guy by the name of Chris Jones. And when Chris Jones wants to play and wants to be a game wrecker, you know, he can be that. And that's exactly what it turned out to be. And he was the guy, much like Aaron Aaron Donald did to the Bengals offensive line last year in the Super Bowl, that came up with the big play at the big moment and he yeah. got the big sack. So uh I can't say enough about Mahomes. I think that these two teams are gonna be playing a lot of playoff games. Uh, together over the next 10 years because of these two quarterbacks. And what's really going to be interesting now to watch this offseason is to see how much the Bengals end up paying Joe Burrow and how much the L.A. Chargers end up paying uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, is is Burrow basically the contract that Lamar wanted? Five at 250 fully guaranteed? I, mean, I think it's going to be more than that. Thing? I think it's going to be more than that. Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be like seven three fifty. Something like sure. that, and uh, he'll make it four hundred while we're at it. Well, why not? It's not my money. I mean, it's he, the Bengals. No, nah, he gets whatever he wants. The cap's going to go up every year. There's no quarterback, arguably, that you'd objectively rather have than this kid. And he's transformed the entire franchise. He can command whatever he wants. It's going to have a five or a six in front of it. Well, no question. Well, the big thing for him and for that franchise is how how far out do they go? How much guaranteed money does he get? And how does that impact the salary cap? And are they able to keep T. Higgins? You know, T. Higgins is going into the final year of his contract in 2023. He's a second-round draft pick. So he's like in the same situation that Debo Samuel was for the 49ers last year. And he's an important part of this offense. And the question is, do the Bengals, are they able to pay him and Jamar Chase? Because they'll have to do Jamar next year. Uh, And if they can't, do they trade T. Higgins, and do they go out and draft another wide receiver, which seems to be the most likely thing that they're going to end up doing, and maybe they get uh, uh, you know a haul back for T. Higgins because he showed throughout the season uh, that he could be a number one receiver anywhere in this league. Yeah, and, I, and again, I, I hate being flippant about it because I know the value of first-round picks, but if I'm sitting there in the middle of the first round and I'm faced with taking the third or fourth wide out off the board or – giving up a first-round pick to go get T. Higgins, and with it handing out a $100 million contract. I mean, T's going to make, would you say, 21, 22 a year as yeah. the team's number one? Yeah, it seems, it seems about right. I mean, you saw what uh, Tyree Kill got. You saw what Debo yeah. Samuel got. Christian Kirk got a new contract from Jacksonville. I mean, he's like right in that box. And uh, yeah. the, and because the money has gone up uh, so significantly now with the, the salary cap, then he'll benefit from that just like Justin Herbert will and just like Joe Burrow will. One note on Chris Jones, too, just to nerd out for a second, and then I had a, a game-planning thing. You know what was amazing when you watch it, Boomer, is, and, and a lot of people, like, they don't recognize that the defensive linemen, you're, you're reading a lot of what that O-line's doing, the set, the depth. So, like, on some of these, Chris Jones is watching that right tackle, and the tackle was kind of back a little bit. It did And the Bengals yep. like to do a lot of that backside pull where he's going to, you know, dip out and get cross-formation. It was amazing because Jones, any time there was one of these mild tells, you're watching it, he exposed it. All of those splash plays, the play he blew up Mixon in the backfield, it was the same thing. 
where the tackle, he knew what that tackle was doing, and he got to that spot. Like, the cerebral element of it. Like, you got to be a monster to play as it is, but you got to be wickedly smart to do it, too. And Jones had an amazing day. He did, and, you know, they asked him after the game about, you know, this particular game and what it meant to him, and he said, you know, he's been sitting on the loss from last year's AFC Championship game to the Bengals, and he wanted to come out and he wanted to make, obviously – uh, an impact in this game, which he did. The other thing, too, is that the whole Burrowhead comments and the Cincinnati mayor and all that stuff, and you wonder... It's too much. It is too much. And the, I, I know from personal experience that all, you're always looking for an edge. Every coach is looking for an edge. Every player is looking for an edge. And it sounds ridiculous because it really has nothing to do with the game. But, you know, in the back of right. your mind, you're thinking, number one, we lost last year to this team. They were smoking cigars in a locker room. Number two, the Cincinnati mayor is making proclamations about how Joe Burrow is the daddy of Patrick Mahomes, which is, you know, asinine. And You can and, laugh. I knew they were dead the minute that guy said that. Right. I go, there's no way. There's no way Mahomes is going to allow this. And then you got Mike Hilton saying after the Buffalo game that they're going to Burrowhead. I yeah. mean, you know, you're asking for problems. And, and you saw how everybody reacted from the Chiefs side after the game was over. And certainly Travis Kelsey, I think, said it for everybody. When he said, you know, know your role and shut your mouth, uh, you jabroni. So, yeah, so the jabronis ended up uh, leading the uh, the Bengals to, to a loss. Two quick notes. One, um, the game planning stuff. I was surprised neither team could get the running game going. This is where I got the game wrong, was the Chiefs had nothing on the ground. It was 84 passes to 35 runs, yeah. total scrimmage plays. Neither team did a thing on the ground. I was I was very surprised, and especially – Look, Kansas City lost basically every healthy receiver they had. Every receiver disappeared except MVS. It was crazy. Were you surprised nobody could run it either way? I thought we were going to see more of Isaiah Pacheco. I really did. And uh, I didn't see enough for him for my liking. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you win the game, you know, whatever you did seemed to work. But uh, Patrick Mahomes is superhuman. That's all I can tell you. Um, You know, he threw the ball uh, exceptionally well. I, I know that ankle was bothering him. You saw him rolling to his left and kind of pivoting on that right ankle and trying to throw it. And he, you know, was really hobbling after that because it probably felt like an electric uh, bolt going through his, uh, his ankle. But, you know, to me, it's uh, it was a little bit uh, disheartening that they didn't run as much as they did. But it also just goes to show you how great Patrick Mahomes is that yeah. with all of his receivers out, that he could still find guys, and of course Travis Kelsey being one of those guys, to make plays and to get – to get first downs and to throw a key touchdown pass to Valdez Scantling was just brilliant. And that was right under the outstretched arms of Mike Hilton, one of the best nickelbacks in all of yeah. uh, slot corners in all of the NFL. So real quick, I got, I'll got i ask. I hate this topic, but like, let's just get it out of the way. A lot of people upset, officiating, expedited reviews, and, and we've talked about it. I love the expedited review. they got to do a better job explaining to people what's happening here. But And then the final play with Osai, the roughing. Any issues across the board officiating-wise from from your perspective? I know it's frustrating for Bengals fans. It's frustrating for us as analysts to try to explain what the officials are doing. The one area where I know everybody got upset was on the third down call where, you know, the play was run, the the Bengals had stopped the Kansas City Chiefs, then the referees came in and said that they stopped the clock. Nobody heard a whistle. The Chiefs got the play over again, and that's where the Eli Apple uh, interference came and ultimately, the Bengals got the ball back, so it didn't really hurt them. But there was right. timing difficulties there, and you know people don't want to hear about that. They they want to 
game that's going to be clean. I, they don't want to be talking about uh, referees. They don't want to be talking about uh, replays and things of that nature. I, I overly do not have a problem with the way the game was called, but I do know that if you are a bingo fan, you're going to think that that game was stolen from you because some of the calls that didn't go against the Kansas right. City Chiefs that you felt should have been called. Well, guess what? Bengal fan, you also had the ball twice in the fourth quarter, and your man couldn't get it done. Period. End of story. Let's get to it. We've got a Super Bowl. We've got Eagles. We've got Chiefs. Boomer and I are going to do a look ahead here. We'll save the deep stuff for next week. It is kickoff with Boomer Valenny.